Psalm 32, A Psalm of Contemplation by David. Blessed is he whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom Yahweh does not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silence, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped in the heat of summer. Sailor. I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not hide my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to Yahweh. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Sailor. For this, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely when the great waters overflow, they shall not reach to him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You will surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will counsel you with my eye on you. Don't be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, who are controlled by bit and bridle, or else they will not come near you. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but loving kindness shall surround him who trusts in Yahweh. Be glad in Yahweh and rejoice, you righteous. Shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. So this is a contemplative psalm. In other words, it's a psalm to think about. <laughs> it's a psalm to contemplate. Or it's a psalm for when you're contemplating. And in this psalm, he starts out by saying, Blessed is he whose disobedience is forgiven. That's completely true. Paul quotes that in Romans 4, verse 7 and 8, and there is nothing like the feeling of knowing that you've been forgiven. I don't know about you, but a lot of people, um, certainly I myself, have experienced the feeling of guilt that you can't get off you. You carry this guilt around, you know you've done the wrong thing and you're not good enough for God and it's, it weighs you down and you know you deserve hell and punishment. It's the most horrible feeling, feel, the feeling of being dirty. And then to come to the Lord and be forgiven, oh, <laughs> what a difference. That feeling, blessed is he whose disobedience is forgiven. It's wonderful. I've never been in prison, you know, like physical prison. And... Uh, so I don't know what it's like to be set free. You know, there are people who go to jail for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And uh, the feeling of walking out those doors and being free. Well, I don't know that feeling, but I know the feeling of being set free from that other prison. The prison of guilt and sin and shame and then the Lord washing you away. Blessed are you when your sins are forgiven. In verse 3, he says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away from groaning all day long. And if you um, or any person has the weight of sin upon them and the struggle of it all and they do not come to the Lord, if you keep silent and you don't confess your sins and you don't come to him, you will carry that and your bones will waste away. And um, so I know what he's talking about here. In the Pilgrim's Progress movie, the book which was made into a movie, you know, Pilgrim carries the weight of his sin on his shoulders and he carries it on his journey and he's looking for the celestial city which is heaven but there comes a point in the journey where his burdens roll away and <laughs> comes to the foot of the cross and he lays down who he is and he takes up Christ and in that moment his burden is gone 
But if you don't come to that moment, your bones will waste away. Like it eats away at you. I don't know how the unbelieving, you know, how godless people can handle their sins and handle their life. And the only option they have is to harden their hearts and harden their conscience because otherwise you can't survive with that terrible, terrible, terrible feeling. Verse 5, David says, I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not hide my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my sins to Yahweh. This is very, very interesting because um, David knows he sinned, you know, very clearly in the story of Bathsheba and Uriah, which we covered back in, you know, 2 Samuel 11, 12, back there. David knows he's done the wrong thing and he is determined I'm going to come before the Lord and I'm going to, to, to lay myself before him and seek his mercy. So he does not hide it. Um, but a lot of people do hide it. And if you think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they sinned, they were ashamed, and so they hid. They tried to hide what they had done and the Lord, of course, knew where they were and he found them and they, there were consequences. And uh, there are always consequences for sin. But when you've sinned, don't try to hide it like Adam and Eve. Don't pretend it's not real. Don't pretend it didn't happen. Don't ignore it And because uh, God knows. No, say what David said and say, I will not hide my iniquity. And you come to the Lord and you lay it down. And um, now there's a difference between admitting that you've sinned and repenting. In the Bible, there are seven people who have said, who said the phrase, I have sinned, but only one of them repented. So David is the only one who said, I have, I have sinned and repented. The other six admitted they were sinners, admitted they've done the, the wrong thing, but did not repent. Saul was one of those. Judas was one of those. Ahithophel, you know, um, the guy that, uh, what's his name? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. The guy that was in uh, the city of Jericho and took some of the loot, Achan, and buried it under his tent. He said, I have sinned. Um, but all of these people did not uh, repent. And there are a lot of Christians who think that just saying I have sinned is repentance. It's not. Repentance is a change of heart. So repentance is to change. But most specifically, it's to change your heart, is to change how you think and feel about that sin, to acknowledge that the Lord is right and you hate it and you don't want that sin anymore. You've changed your opinion about that so that you don't want to do it anymore. And of course, sometimes it means making amends as well to people. If you've done the wrong thing by people, then repentance involves making amends. And, uh, but David changed his heart. He repented. He went to the Lord and he said, my sin, I've sinned against you. You know, blot out my transgression. You know, I'm sorry. You know, take sin far from me. So his, very, the, his prayer and his heart demonstrated that he had repented. Whereas the other six people, you know, Judas and the others didn't repent. And so then he says, David says in verse 7, you are my hiding place. You surround me with songs of deliverance, and that's true. Christ is our hiding place. And when you go to him and you're honest about who you are, you find a place to rest in him. Now, so up to verse 7, we've got this, uh, it's like David is talking, and it's kind of like a prayer of his, and it's very much um, all about how to get clean with God. It's all about repentance and humility and confessing and bringing your sins and who knew that that was all in the Old Testament? Because we know that's in the New Testament, but it's right here in the Old Testament, Psalm 32. But when we get to verse 8, something interesting happens. It, it's, 
it's almost like David stopped praying and God started talking back. That's what it sounds like when you read it. And um, different Bible, that's what I thought. When I read it, I thought, wow, God's talking now. In the Bible commentators, a lot of them do agree that God is now talking, but some of them think David has now changed from praying and he's now talking. Instead of, instead of talking to God, David's now talking to people. It says in verse 8, which I think is God talking, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye on you. I think it's God because <laughs> I don't think David would be able to keep his eye on everyone. Um, so to me, it seems like we've now got a response from the Lord. So when someone comes to the Lord and they're, they're, they're sorry and they've had a change of heart and they confess their sins, the next thing is the Lord says, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to help you and I'm going to keep my eye on you. And that's not kind of like a, I'm going to watch you in case you do the wrong thing again. It's more a case of, I'm going to be watching you to help you. Like when your children are learning to walk or something, you watch them and you walk with them and you hold their hand, that type of a thing. In verse 9, we have a wonderful, wonderful verse. Psalm 32 verse 9, it says, remember, and I think this is God speaking, it says, do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding they are controlled by a bit or bridle or else they will not come to you. So you think about a horse, they put all the gear on a horse and they teach it and the, the bridle, you know, the reins and the bridle, it's so that you can direct the horse where it needs to go. The horse does not understand. If you didn't have those things on the horse, you wouldn't be able to control the horse. But God is saying, don't be like that. Don't be like someone that I have to force you to do what I want, <laughs> control you. God doesn't want to control you. God wants you to be someone who understands his ways so that you can do what he wants. This is an incredible idea. The Lord wants to give to his people the gift of understanding. And everywhere through the scripture, understanding and wisdom are held up as, as like the number one thing you should seek. Solomon says, above all else, seek wisdom, seek understanding. Though it costs you everything, get it. We'll get to the book of Proverbs soon. So David right here has is, is got the words of what I believe are the words of God saying, don't be like horses and mules that don't have understanding and have to be controlled. No, seek understanding so that you don't have to be controlled. Verse 10, it says, many sorrows come to the wicked, but loving kindness surrounds those who trust in God. And that's us. So trust is something that you have when you don't understand. A verse ago, we were just talking about understanding, which is where you know something and you know what you ought to do and you do it. So we're to seek that. We're to seek to understand what the Lord wants and do it, especially things like his morality, like, you know, living right and what God requires and his will for our lives. We're to seek understanding for those things. But sometimes things happen to us we don't understand and therefore we trust him. And that's when his loving kindness comes to us. Lord, I want to thank you for Psalm 32. Thank you that, that the person who has their sins forgiven is blessed. I thank you that's us. And I pray great grace would be upon us now. And Lord, I pray for this gift of understanding, the spirit of wisdom and understanding be given to everyone watching and listening today. Be released upon me and upon all the people of peace. Your blessing upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.